Blog Talk Radio. Kingway, Fox, Beard, Locus, Action, Very Weird, Captain Pike, Crystal's Wife, Klingons, and the Afterlife, Boimler, Tendi, Star, Ransom is very hot, Four Drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Teacher, bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fox is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red, Cedar's cat, Kempak's hat, Q has had enough of that, Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go! We are well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. With that incredibly awesome song, it's time for another episode of Trek Talking, which means it's Thursday night, which means we're live for the next two hours. You can give us a call at 646 668 2433 and join into the fun and enlightening conversations that we're going to have tonight. And we have a lot of great ones planned. But before we get started, I want to introduce my Trexperts. First of all, we have my right hand man, Charles. He's out in Las Vegas. How you doing, Charles? I'm doing good. Getting a <clears throat> quite a bit of a warm spell passing through again and staying. And we're enjoying a nice 75, occasional breeze, not much, clear. Nice day. Good day for, it was a good day for a parade. Excellent. They canceled ours because of COVID, but we're still living in that COVID aftershock. So I guess that's to be expected. And we also have with us Eric. Eric's out in Portland. How you doing tonight, Eric? Uh, I am doing really good. Uh, we are experiencing our typical fall weather here, which is, uh, you know, most places it's the wind that knocks the tree, the leaves off the trees. Here it's the rain. So just lots and lots of rain, which I don't mind because it makes the grass and all the good stuff grow. Well, it's been very mild here up here in Vermont. It's been in the, in the mid-50s, which is unseasonably warm. And uh, we're supposed to have some rain and some wind tonight, but uh, we're still stuck in the 50s, which very unusual, but it's supposed to dip down for Thanksgiving, so we'll see what happens. So anyways, guys, we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. Um, we have 49,396 downloads of our podcast as of tonight. I was hoping maybe we could break 50, but we didn't quite get there, but I'm sure we will by next week, so thank you so much. You guys can find all of our podcasts at blogtalkradio.com backslash Trek Talking. So they're all there. Just go there and have some fun going through all of our all of our um, archive shows. We have 72,986 followers on our Facebook page. I was kind of hoping we could get up to 73, but no, we came a little bit short. We missed it by 14, but that's okay. You guys can find us on Facebook at Trek Talking and Beyond. Just uh, give us a like, give us a follow. And when you go there, you'll see the Live Long and Prosper symbol pinned to the top. Just tell us where you're listening from. And every week I pick out some lucky listeners. If you see a heart next to your name from Trek Talking, that means you've been chosen and you want to tune into the next show. 
to hear your name read live on the radio. Uh, I also want to say congratulations to Jared Brown from Oklahoma. He won a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on DVD on our uh, special Halloween show that Charles and I did on Halloween night. And I just wanted to throw that out there to you guys one more time to say congratulations to Jared Brown from Oklahoma. Let you guys know that we do give things away, and it is easy to win them. All you have to do is call 646-668-2433, like Jared from Oklahoma did, and boom, it's that simple. You win. So congratulations to Jared Brown. Uh, we had uh, we have Kevin Guy from the Riverside Area Community Club um, scheduled tonight to talk about Truck Fest in Riverside, Iowa, the future birthplace of Captain James T. Kirk. And we're waiting for him to uh, call in. And as soon as he does, we're going to get around to him and we'll get him right on the air to answer your questions and talk about Trek Fest. But we're going to move on um, until he gets in touch with us. And we're going to do our fan shout out. So, uh, Eric, who's, who's on your list? Well, our very first fan shout-out this week goes out to Adriana Silva from Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires, of course, is the capital of Argentina, so it's really cool to have a group of people down there in South America listening to us from Argentina. Thank you, Adriana. Thank you so much. Glad you like us. Uh, we're also saying hello and sending out a big thank you this week to Munther Alaska from Baghdad, Iraq. That's right, the capital of Iraq. Are you uh, noticing a theme here? We got the capital of Argentina, capital of Iraq. So, Munther, thank you for listening to us all the way from Iraq. That's really super cool. We're also saying hello this week to Ilua Sima from Sardinia, Italy. And I thought to myself, gosh, Sardinia, that sounds really, really familiar. And sure enough, do you remember there's those couple of islands that are off to the west of the boot of Italy? Sardinia is one of those. So we have listeners on the islands of Italy. Thank you, Ilua Sima, for listening to us all the way from Sardinia. We're sending out a big thank you also this week and saying hello to Deborah McIver from Christchurch, New Zealand, way, way down there past Australia, south, 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 almost all the way to uh, South Pole. Well, not quite, but it's, it's really far down there on the planet. Deborah McIver from Christchurch, New Zealand, thank you for listening to us. We're also saying hello and sending out a big thank you to Jerry Hasenkamp from Middelstum in the Netherlands also known as Holland. Thank you, Jerry, for listening to us. And my final shout-out this week goes out to somebody up around my way. Hello, Amber Baird from Olympia, Washington. Olympia, of course, being the capital of Washington. Amber Baird, thanks for listening to us. Charles, who's on your list this week? Well, let's start off with Michelle Bianchi. Steve Trek and friends from Neptune Beach, Florida. It's nice Florida weather right now. Michelle Dempsey from New Zealand. Crescent Finley. Finley from Cape Brennan, Nova Scotia, Canada. Yep, that's far. You're probably getting a bit cold over there. Lori Sevilla from Brazil. Bernice Elaine Roast from London, England. Oh, I would love to get a chance to go back to London. And finally, top fan Bill 
Bogdanovich from Clear Oak, California. I live long and prosper to each of you. And moving on to Jim. I wonder if Jim will have another New York New York one on his list. Well, you never can tell, can you? So we want to say thank you and Kaplada, Frederick Gilmore from, guess where, New York City, which was the original capital of New York State before they moved it up to Albany. So thank you to Frederick Gilmore for listening. We really appreciate it. Represent. And top fan, Tony Salazar from South Texas. Thank you for listening, Tony. And Nicolene Trout from South Africa. Live long and prosper. We'd like to say thank you to John Bacon from Toronto, Canada, up in GM Chris's neck of the woods. And Irene Barbosa from south of Brazil. And uh, last but definitely not least, we'd like to say thank you and kapla to Pat Gallagher from Ireland, where my grandfather is from. So those are our fan shout-outs. As I said, you can hear yourself in a future fan shout-out by just heading on over to our Facebook page and telling us where you're from. So now it's time for Star Trek birthdays. That was not a Klingon song. And for our Star Trek birthdays, we always start off by paying a remembrance to those members of our Star Trek family who, unfortunately, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. And Jim, this week we're honoring four people who have gone before us who would have had birthdays this week, uh, who are connected to our Star Trek community. The first uh, that we're going to mention this week is actor Carl Steven. Uh, Carl Steven played Spock. Uh, yes, he did, but he played Spock age nine in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, uh, where many of our Spocks come from. Eleven actors have played Spock, and Carl Steven is one of them. Uh, he, he's also known for a couple other things. Uh, if you're familiar with the Out of This World or Weird Science television shows, he was pretty heavily involved in those. And then he also uh, was a voice in A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. So uh, he's done a few different things. And uh, we do miss him. Uh, Carl Steven would have had a birthday this week. We're also sending out our love and remembrances to Jan Shutan. Uh, she played Lieutenant Mira Romaine in TOS's episode of The Lights of Zatar. Um, that is uh, a great episode. You'll, you may remember her. She becomes a kind of a love interest for McCoy a little bit. She gets infested by an alien uh, and they kind of have to put her in this pressure chamber at the end of the episode to get the alien out of her. Um, she's a blue shirt. So uh, happy birthday to Jan Shutan, who played Lieutenant Mira Romaine in Lights of Zatar. We're also sending out our love and remembrances this week to Norman Lloyd, who played Professor Richard Galen in TNG's The Chase. Uh, and I will say, uh, like a few people who show up uh, throughout uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, this one is probably uh, one of those ones who really influences Picard kind of almost previous to the show. He, of course, is an old professor of Picard's, uh, archaeologist, uh, tries to get Picard to come with him on a journey to do some stuff. 
and I won't tell you what happens because you should go watch the episode. It's very, very good. So Norman Lloyd would have had a birthday this week playing Professor Richard Galen for TNG's The Chase. And our finally re- final remembrance this week goes out to actress Thelma Lee, who played Kaleft with a T uh, from TNG's Sins of the Father. She was uh, Worf's uh, her uh, his nursemaid, uh, when he was just a little one. And uh, there's a great story uh, in that episode, um, Sins of the Father, uh, that involves her. She's one of the people who escapes from Kittimer where worst parents are killed and that kind of stuff. So great, great episode. Great actress Thelma Lee would have had a birthday this week. Uh, so that is it for all of our Remembrances Week. Charles will continue on with those who are still with us that have birthdays this week. Well, one of my favorites on the top of my list is Eric Menyuk, who played the Traveler in TNGs where no man has gone before. Remember me and understand. Very memorable character. You always wonder what happened to he and Wesley afterwards. But definitely put Wesley onto a different track. Ursuline Bryant played Captain Trila Scott in TNG's Conspiracy. Harris Eulen played Marigza or Gaul the Heel from DS9 Duet. Can you hear me, Kevin? I can, we can hear you, Jim. I can't hear Kevin, though. <laughs> uh, That's okay. Okay. Keep going. Keep going, Charles. Athena Masley played Jensen's in Boys Remember. Alfred Woodward played Lily Stone from Star Trek First Contact. And the last one on my list is a major character from Boy. Appeared in Lower Decks is a has been a director in Boy and several other shows and movies. A great happy birthday and live long and prosper, Robert Duncan McNeil, also one of the co-hosts of Delta Flyers, a podcast I listen to quite a bit. We love you, Tom Paris. Yeah, and he's got his own. Pl- he's got his own plate too. <laughs> and un- an apparently unbreakable plate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but those two, those two were fun to listen to on mm. uh, Delta Flyers. If you've never gotten that chance to listen to them, they've got some fascinating stories, especially Robert's stories on direction. He's got some great stories about great stories about stuff that directors did because he shadowed many directors on Boys. But and they're not yeah, live like well, we are, though. So Well, no, you know. no. Charles is just mentioning this because eventually people will listen to every single episode of Trek Talking, and then where do they go? They have to wait a whole week for the next one to come out. So, you know, Delta Flyers is their form. Oh, they can go back and listen to the other ones again. We have <laughs> over 400 <laughs> episodes right from the beginning. <laughs> well, when they need a break from listening to me rambling on about something, 
or not being able to ramble on, then they can listen to those two ramble on. Zing. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, I bet Jim's got a few people on his list, including a Klingon. Oh, yes. I'm going to start rambling now. You guys asked for it, and you're going to get it. So the first one on my on my birthday list is Famke Jansen, who played Camellia in TNG's The Perfect Mate. And I have a little story about that. That is the only episode of Star Trek I have never seen. Ooh. And I keep, it, I keep it that way on purpose. My car broke. We're going back way long ago. My car broke down. And um, I was driving by a friend's house. I got the car fixed. And Karen and I were on our way to see it. We weren't going to make it home in time. Now, this is before DVRs and everything else. So um, so I stopped at a friend's house, and he says, oh, my wife's not decent. You can't come in. And I was like, dude, Star Trek is on. I thought we could get a pizza and watch it. Nope, nope, nope. You can't come in. You're, you're going to have to leave. So by the time I got home, I missed the episode. And so I intentionally have not watched that episode so that I can say that's the only episode that I have never seen. Uh, and it's Jim, it, but it's. So. It's a, I understand, but it's a good one. It's a good episode. It's like one of those ones that makes you think a little bit. So, yeah, you know, maybe, I, maybe, this, maybe this, on your deathbed, you'd be like, bring me the episode. Bring oh, me the bring, episode. I'll break up that one. You know, I don't know. It's like, oh, maybe. Maybe I'll watch it. We'll see. So, anyways, um, that's the only episode I have not seen. Uh, the next one on my list is actually a great one. I think uh, next to Donatra. Um, I think that this character is, I think, probably the, the next most uh, awesome Romulan, one of them anyways. Um, we'd like to say happy birthday to Carolyn Seymour, who played Sub-Commander Tarsus in the TNG episode Contagion. She played Marissa Yale in First Contact. She played Mrs. Templeton in Voice episode Carthesis and Persistence of Vision. But I think the one that most people know her for is Commander Taurus in Face of the Enemy. Um, that's the one for you guys who don't remember. That's the one where Deanna Troy wakes up as a Romulan. And yeah. uh, she's a member of the Tal Shiar. And that whole buy thing goes on. And she she has to blow her way through it. From Taurus. And uh, Taurus is a very interesting character, uh, dare I say. So happy birthday oh, yeah. to Carolyn Seymour. And thank you for bringing that awesome character to life for us. Um, the next couple are are just, just I don't know how to, they're legends. The first one we want to say <laughs> is, is, is happy birthday to Rebecca, Rebecca Romaine, who is married to Jerry O'Connell, who plays number one on Lower Decks. And she plays number one, Una, on Discovery and soon to be released Star Trek Strange New Worlds and I can't wait to see what she brings to the table and and see that character of Una fleshed out uh, originally made popular of course by the late Major Barrett Roddenberry so I'm really excited about that and Jim related to that here's a good piece of trivia so anybody who's listening to this podcast get out your your trivia because You'll talk to other Star Trek people, and they will have no idea what you're talking about. Remember, Una has a last name now. Her name is Una Chin Riley, hyphenated last name. So there you go. A little bit of Star Trek trivia for you. For Keep that in your back pocket. 
Yeah, I, I I remember I remember that, and I was I was trying to find it, um, and I couldn't find it, so I didn't put it in there. But I remember I remember I remember seeing that someplace. We talked yeah, about it, was it was it, it in the well, um, the video? It was in um, one of the books, uh, I believe, oh. and it was also when they did the promos for Lower Decks, they actually showed her face with her first and last name underneath it. Yeah. Yeah, because I went back and I watched all of the short treks with her and Pike in them. Well, oh, there's only three. But yeah, they never was said awesome. it. They never said no. it, but they, they've written it. They told, they, well, they said Una, but that was it. They did. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next one is, I think, the most famous Ferengi of all. It's inconceivable, actually, that he's the most famous Ferengi of all. But um, Armin Shimmerman, who played Quark on DS9, I think one of the best characters on Deep Space Nine, not in Starfleet, has nothing to do with Starfleet. He's a civilian and uh, an awesome civilian at that, multifaceted civilian. And I believe he's the one that gives them representation in Star Trek. And mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool yeah. because he's the, he's the only outsider that's in Star Trek. So happy birthday and to Armin Schumerman. And he's got that heart of gold. That's the best thing. It's like he wants to profit, but he also does the right thing most of the time. So just a great and, and you know what? When at the end of that, when, when, it was, when it's inconceivable – that Rom becomes the Grand Nagus. I really wish that they revisited that because it would have been so awesome to see what happened to Quark after Rom became Grand Nagus and the changes that Rom and Lita would have made in the Ferengi Empire when he became the Nagus. We never got to see that. Well, so. we do know that his name lives on, uh, at least as a franchise, because we have definitely seen his name in the neon lights on Lower Decks. And, and, uh, and Picard. And Picard. On right. Stardust City. So, but, but what, what is the life expectancy of a Ferengi, though? I mean, are they long-lived, short-lived? We don't really know. That's a good question. Uh, so, at any rate. So, uh, happy birthday to Armin Shimmerman. And the last, I got the big one. I got the, the coup d'etat of Klingons right here. Um, I, just, I just love her to death. Um, I think that her character was a runaway character on Discovery. And I hope and hope and hope that we see her on Strange New Worlds because she developed an interesting relationship with Pike. And, and that kind of love triangle thing with Ash, Tyler, uh, who we know is going to be back with um, with Emperor Giorgio on Section 31 at some point, whenever. Um, so I hope that we see her again. And I'm talking about Laurel, Chancellor Laurel, the mother of all Klingons on Star Trek Discovery, played by the awesome Mary Chifo, who I think is absolutely phenomenal myself. I just... Uh, oh my gosh. I, I was, do you, Jim, do you remember I, that metal Do you remember that metal song she did in Klingon? Oh, yes! It just like incredible. gave goosebumps. Oh, so good. I, I, I hope they, that we get a chance to see her again. She was just such a great Klingon. And she speaks Klingon too. I saw her on The Price is Right. And <laughs> believe it or not. And uh, did you see that episode? 
I did not know, but I love that she was on it. That's great. And she, she, they were giving away a Star Trek pack that was behind door number three or what something. I don't remember, but she came down out of the audience and and read the whole thing in Klingon. Oh, that's cool. It was, that's it was really cool. It was just so cool. I just, <laughs> I just love the couch I think she's, out. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. It was just so cool. I have That's never so had cool. a chance to meet Mary Chifo at a convention. I hope that at some point I do. Um, but she's great. I love her character, and I think she's great. So happy birthday. Kapla to Mary Chifo. I'd love oh. to have her on the podcast because we had Vixis. We had Spice Williams on, and she speaks Klingon. It would be great to have Mary Chifo on as well. So if you're listening, Mary, or anybody that knows Mary Chifo, uh, shoot me an email, get me in touch with her somehow, and we will be more than happy to schedule her for the show. So uh, we lost, oh, we lost Guy. We lost Kevin. So anyways, guys, I was just about to introduce Kevin Guy, but we lost him. So um, we're going to take our first commercial break of the evening. But don't worry, because we have a lot more to talk about, actually. We have still have our convention calendar. We have to talk about lower decks and we have star trek news and we got a lot of great news so don't touch that dial we'll be right back after this very important message from gm chris this is chris from trek talking and beyond here to invite you to join us for the best science fiction themed podcast on the internet our elite team of trek experts are here to discuss star trek and other sci-fi related content and we want to hear from you dial 646-668-2433 on Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. on East Coast Time, hailing frequencies are always open and will get you on the air to share your opinions. We have faith. You will call. And we're back. And, uh, Guy, if you're, if you're still out there, um, call back. I was just about to get to, to Guy, and he disappeared off, the, off my board. So give us a call, Guy. We'd love to talk to you. But now it's time for convention, 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 calendar, calendar, calendar. And we have convention calendar for you guys. And the convention I have to mention is... Air Capital Comic Con, November 13th and 14th, Century 2 Performing Arts and Convention Center in Wichita, Kansas. We also have Comic Con Liverpool, November 13th and 14th at the Exhibition Center in Liverpool, Liverpool, UK. We have one in my neck of the woods, Albany Comic Con, November 14th at the Polish Community Center in Albany, New York. Uh, I may actually be at that one. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, we also have Empire Comic Fest, November 13th at the Lewis S. Walt JCC of Greater Rochester in Rochester, New York. And we have Kids Con New England, Portland, November 13th at the Doubletree Hilton Hotel in Portland, South Portland, Maine. Not to be confused with Portland, Oregon, where Eric is at. Eric, who's on your list for conventions? Uh, we are tracking this one. This is a big one, uh, and it's coming right up here, starting tomorrow, Destination Star Trek in London, November 12th through the 14th at the Excel Convention Center, Royal Victoria Dock in London. So uh, wish I could be there. 
uh, Charles, I'm with you, man. I, I would love to go back to one, and it's one of my favorite places I've ever been. And uh, to go there for a Star Trek convention, that would be so cool. So have fun at Destination Star Trek, everyone. Uh, we're also tracking QuadCon Madison, November 13th through the 14th, this upcoming weekend, East Town Mall in Madison, Wisconsin. Super Mega Fest, Mega Fest, November 19th through the 21st at the Sheridan Framingham Hotel in Framingham, Massachusetts. Also, the Bayou City Comic Con, November 19th through the 21st at the Weston Galleria, Houston in Houston, Texas. And the London Film and Comic Con, November 19th through the 21st, Olympia, London, uh, in, the, in London there. So just hang out for another week. You know, go, go to the first one, go to Destination Star Trek, and then hang out and, and go to the London Film and Comic Con. Charles, which cons are on your list? Well, we've got PhilCon, November 19th to 21st, at the Crown Plaza, Philadelphia, Cherry Hill, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Grand Strand Comic Con, November 20th and 21st, Myrtle Beach Mall in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Saratoga Comic Con, November 20th to 21st, Saratoga Springs City Center. Saratoga Springs, New York. Testing one, two. I may be at that one. I might I, I might actually yeah. be at that one as well. Test. Starbase Indy 2021, November 26th to 28th at the Marriott Indianapolis at Indianapolis, Indiana. And one I may make it to is the L.A. Comic Con, December 35th. At the Law Cutting Convention Center in Los Angeles, California. Excellent. And that is our comic calendar, guys. I'm hoping you want to start Yes. If you have any information and you want to attend any of those conventions, I recommend contacting the hotel that was mentioned, and they can give you all pertinent information in regards to those conventions. So we now have Kevin Guy. He's live. He's on the line with us right now. And uh, he's from the Riverside Area Community Club, uh, the future birthplace of Captain James T. Kirk, and the location of Trek Fest. Hey, welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you very much. Uh, my sincere apologies for uh, taking so long to get on the show with you. Hey, that's not a problem. I saw you show up on the board, but you disappeared before I could, could get you on. So that's okay. You're here now, and that's all that matters. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about um, how I stumbled upon Kevin, as you know, we like to promote any fan, you know, fan um, uh, films or, or conventions, anything that fans are involved in because we're fans and we like to help them out in any way we can. Well, I was flipping around on, on uh, the internet looking for interesting articles to talk about in the show and to post on our Facebook page. And I came across this one that we're going to talk about next. So it's perfect that Kevin is here right now. And that was one from the, from the RC, excuse me, uh, from the Riverside Area Community Club about Trek Fest and restoring the USS Riverside and the shuttle. And they have a GoFundMe page to help raise money for that. And I thought, that sounds like a really good cause. And that sounds like something that our listeners would be interested in. And I know it's something that, that is interesting to me. So I'm going to reach out to them. So um, I went to their GoFundMe page, and I sent them an email, and I heard back from Kevin. And so Kevin's here with us right now to tell us a little bit about 
what, what they do and how you can help them to raise money for their GoFundMe. So Eric, I'm not Eric. I'm, I'm sorry. I was, I was going to ask Eric, but I'll get to Eric in a second. So Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is you guys do there in Riverside? Well, the uh, Riverside Area Community Club is um, an organization, our, a nonprofit, that uh, tries to help out the Riverside community in, in a multitude of different ways. Uh, we do everything from helping uh, scouting, uh, providing support to our first responders, um, working with uh, the schools, um, lots of different, different things like that. Um, uh, we, uh, of course, have a Truck Fest, which is our major fundraiser to uh, allow us to uh, distribute these funds to, uh, and uh, pardon me for not being very articulate on this, you're my first blog, believe, or a podcast, excuse me, uh, but we provide these funds, and uh, without having a, a decent fundraiser, we have uh, nothing to give to help out the community. So uh, I recently moved to this uh, wonderful town, and uh, I mean that in all sincerity, uh, and uh, was looking for a way to help out. And so I joined the RACC and found out that, uh, like any small volunteer uh, uh, support group, they uh, need all the help they can get. And I decided that uh, I would see if I could take on the project of uh, getting the Starship fixed up. Uh, I have a whole bunch of pictures on our uh, website of uh, some of the damage done to the vessel over the years. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research here and uh, found out that uh, the unit was originally built in 1987. And uh, I truthfully don't know if it's had an overhaul since, but there certainly is a lot of damage on it. So the and hope is, I'm sorry, go relevant. ahead. The relevance of the 1987 date happens to be that in Star Trek IV, when William Shatner, as Captain Kirk, says to Jillian Taylor that he lives in Iowa. Or he, he was born in Iowa, but he works in space. And Riverside, Iowa, unofficially adopted that as, their, as the official birthplace of James T. Kirk, which wasn't made official until the 2009 J.J. Abrams movie, uh, Star Trek when it was officially made canon. So that's why 1987, the ship was constructed because 1986, you guys officially adapted James T. Kirk as your official, I guess, founding father or future, future famous person. Yeah. <laughs> humor. The humor is, um, I, I, I just listened to, uh, uh, a, uh, podcast, by uh, Mr. Steve Miller, who was our uh, city councilman uh, back in March of 1985, who uh, brought this uh, about. And uh, in his podcast, which I, I, I love, I'm going to listen to this three or four more times here um, tonight. Uh, it's just amazing that uh, the senior citizens uh, home uh, folks were uh, saying that they, uh, and I don't have this right because I only listened to it once, but they're ancestors of uh, Captain Kirk. Wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I think that's great. I really think that's great. And um, I want to, I want to um, let Charles have an opportunity 
to ask you some questions because usually uh, I want to get to Charles first. Charles, do you have any questions for, for Kevin that you'd like to ask him? Not really. I just did this in the story. It's definitely a okay. good thing. Since we got Janeway in there, let's, I think Kirk needs to be supported there too. That's why I, That's why we have Kevin here. And how about you, Eric? Did you have any questions you wanted to ask Kevin about the project? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kevin, thanks for joining us today. I was pretty excited to go on your website and uh, or on the Riverside Area Community Club's website and check out some of the pictures. There's some, some pretty fun cosplay on there. I definitely recommend people go check it out. I wanted to ask you about the significance of your NCC number on the USS Riverside. Uh, anything you could tell us about that? Well, uh, I just discovered this today. Uh, I've been, again, doing a lot of research, uh, going through some uh, old Starlog magazines that you can uh, find on the Internet and stuff. And uh, Riverside, uh, the USS Riverside 1818 is because the vessel is a 1-200th scale of what NCC-1701 is supposed to be. And so we are 18 feet, 18 inches long. Ah, very cool. <laughs> so it's a reference to its dimension. I love that. And it looks like you guys take it uh, out in parades and that sort of stuff? Yes. Um, the the unit originally, and again, I'm a first-year member of this, so I've, I've been talking with uh, all the other members and, and trying to get as much information as I can so I can be coherent here. The unit is supposed to be a touring display. Uh, we take it around to uh, other small towns and parades and stuff. Uh, we're uh, hoping to uh, put it on display uh, at uh, the Riverside Golf Resort and Casino. They're a wonderful organization. Um, and our uh, local neighbors um, have their own festivals, and it's one of the ways that we advertise. The unit is actually, um, when it was um, fully operational, is quite a marvel. Uh, if you uh, had looked at the tra uh, page, the trailer that it's on underneath the pyramid there is a mechanical mechanism that, when unlocked and it's being towed slowly, uh, makes the uh, starship rock side to side. Uh, that's no longer functional to my understanding. Uh, it has uh, lights and sounds, which, again, are not functional. And uh, the nacelles had uh, the ability to uh, generate smoke. Uh, why they wanted that, that would look like it would be flaming. But... Uh, <laughs> We don't want to crash uh, into uh, Planet Genesis here, but uh, <laughs> the the unit uh, would do all of these things as it was towed and uh, make quite an impressive display. Um, the problem is, is it sits year-round uh, out in front of our uh, history museum, and uh, the elements are taking its toll, and the lack of funds uh, have not allowed us to... Uh, put her in the, the shape that she deserves to be in. She really is an icon. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Who do you, can you give us any just quick history on it? I mean, it looks, it looks pretty amazing. Somebody put a lot of love into it. Uh, how long ago was it built? Um, my understanding is uh, in uh, 1987, the unit was uh, constructed by a gentleman, 
gentleman named uh, Larry Wheeland. Uh, he owned an auto body shop here in town. Um, he's on my list of people to look up and talk to about this. Uh, I'm, I'm getting more and more interested in the history of this vessel as I, as I work on the GoFundMe page. Um, he was building the unit, and according to my research, uh, Steve Miller, our city councilman who proposed the idea that uh, Riverside become the birthplace, uh, actually uh, had to build him a plastic model so he'd have a go-by to uh, construct the unit, as well as uh, getting the, the blueprints from um, Paramount. Uh-huh. Very cool. Very cool. Well, it, it, it is a marvel, and it's fun to look at, and I, I really wish you a lot of luck on the, on the GoFundMe. Um, it looks like it, it, you know, it's definitely not in complete disrepair, but it needs a little bit of love. There's some rust. Uh, there's some cleaning that needs to be done. There's a few panels that need to be replaced. So definitely encourage people to go to the website and check it out and, um, you know, give whatever you can uh, towards this very cool uh, little piece of, of Star Trek uh, – Star Trek adjacency, we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, Kevin, what can you tell us about TrekFest? We just finished convention calendar. So what can you tell us about TrekFest? Have, have we missed it? Is it coming up? What can you tell us about it? We had TrekFest this year. Um, this was number 36. Uh, we did miss it last year due to the pandemic. Um, TrekFest uh, starts... Uh, it's always the last Friday in, in June, as you know, and uh, we start the Friday before with um, our special guest. We always try to get a guest star. Last year, our uh, last track fest here, it was Robin Curtis. You know who that is, yep. right? Yeah, Lieutenant Savick. There you go. To live, who happens to live, oh, about an hour and 45 minutes from me. Really, that's that's yeah. amazing because uh, what a small world it is that uh, you contacted me and, and Lieutenant Savick was down here because uh, here I am in Iowa and uh, I'm originally from Cuyahoga County, New York myself. I'm retired oh. Navy, moved to Iowa. So How about that? <laughs> but, uh, yes, Iowa. we. <laughs> yeah, I only work in Iowa. Uh, so our, we, we get a, a special guest star every year. Friday uh, night, you can uh, come down, meet our guest, have, uh, have the autographs at the, the museum. Um, we have uh, swap meet and vendors. Uh, th- this year, uh, the folks that were here had an amazingly huge display of stuff from um, some of the uh, Vegas conventions that they were um, selling down here. Uh, uh, Friday night, we also uh, will do a, a movie in the park where we'll uh, preview one of the Star Trek movies. Um, Saturday morning, when you get up for uh, the actual uh, Star Tre- uh, Trek Fest day, uh, pancake breakfast, volleyball tournament, baseball, um, we do some uh, judging here for our uh, state fair that goes on, whether uh, some folks can go on to the state fair for uh, talent shows. Bingo, if you like it. Music, food trucks, fireworks. It's it's a great hometown festival, and uh, it's a really class act. I, I've enjoyed it now for a couple of years, and now that I've moved to Riverside, Iowa, I've learned to appreciate it even more. 
Now, do you, do you ever have William Shatner there, seeing as to how Captain Kirk will eventually be born there? Um, my understanding, he has been here. Uh, I was not here to meet him, so uh, I can't answer to uh, what all happened with that. And uh, I hear there's a story about Invasion Iowa that uh, I have to look up. I'm getting more immersed in in the Star Trek uh, universe than uh, than I had been in the past as I as I work on these projects. Well, I, I think it's a necessary slow. evil if you're going to be <laughs> yeah. if you're going to be the spokesperson. <laughs> well, I, I don't consider it an evil. I've I've always liked Star Trek. Um, uh, um, no disrespect to the original series, but uh, I'm a Star Trek Enterprise fan myself. I like Jonathan Archer. I've I've always liked the original series. Don't get me wrong, but uh, of my favorites, Enterprises, uh, the uh, the series uh, ship is more uh, more tactile. Uh, looks looks more real than uh, a glass screen with uh, colored lights. Well, it's definitely been a long road. I, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting from here but, to there. Uh, Yep, getting from there. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so um, why don't you tell our listeners how they can reach out and help you? Well, uh, if anybody's within driving range, we can always use bodies and volunteers. Uh, There is absolutely no reason that anybody is interested in helping out with Trek Fest or the Riverside area. Uh, does not come on down on a uh, last Wednesday of the month to Madeline's Coffee House here in Riverside and uh, sit in on one of our meetings and introduce themselves. And and if they want to jump in, they're welcome to jump in. If they want to become a member, as a matter of fact, we're having a uh, membership drive here at the uh, Riverside um, Golf and uh, Casino Resort uh, November 18th at 6 o'clock. And for uh, $20, you not only get to join up, but we'll buy you dinner. Uh, otherwise, uh, if uh, you can only uh, um, do some money and no amount is too small, no amount's too big, uh, our GoFundMe page, uh, you can just Google Keep the Truck Alive, and that will get you to our GoFundMe page. Uh, we'd appreciate a, a donation. Um, my personal goal taking on this project is, and I hope it happens sooner, is within one year have our money raised so we can get the ship in dry dock, get her all fixed up and, and looking gorgeous again so when folks come down to take a, take a picture with her, they get a, a real good-looking picture instead of seeing the rust on her and the, the paint job that needs to be redone right now and such. And then it'll be great to have her out again touring uh, the local communities and promoting uh, what a wonderful town Riverside is. Now, are Klingons allowed? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. In fact, uh, and f- again, forgive me, our last Trek Fest – I cannot remember the name of the makeup artist that came down. He's the gentleman that uh, made up Robin Curtis uh, as Lieutenant Savick, also made up one of our citizens as a Klingon, and it was spot-on professional gorgeous. Um, If the Klingon Assault Group is out there listening to us, 
come on down and join the parade. Uh, I'd really, I'd really love to see that uh, formation of Klingons. Well, actually, the Klingon Assault Group is listening to you because I'm a member of the Klingon Assault Group. Oh, so. how awesome! How awesome! Yeah, that's, that's why I asked you if um, Klingons were allowed because when I go out in public and I start waving my batlet around. People just got to come over and touch it. Everyone wants to touch my bat list. So <laughs> I'm more than happy to let people touch it and take pictures of it and handle it and swing it around because, you know, what's a Klingon without a bat list, right? <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, I'm in process of, uh, I just uh, 3D printed the parts for a original series disruptor. So, wow. Cool. Yeah. Maybe I get that all done and, uh, if I can talk the wife into building, uh, making me a uniform, uh, I'll, uh, I'll sally up and, and join the assault group. You know, it uh, sounds like such a fun event, and I wish I was close enough to Iowa to make the trek, um, set up our table, do a live broadcast, meet you in person, and uh, just have some fun hanging out with Trek fans because nothing's better than hanging out with Star Trek fans. They're the best fans Absolutely. that ever existed. So it sounds like a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, if you guys can help out in any way, please do. Every little bit helps. And as you know, we here at Trek Talking love to support fans and all of their different projects. And this is just one of the ones that, that kind of struck me. And I said, this is something that I think is worthy. So please help out in any way that you can. We really appreciate it. So, uh, you know, say hello to Kevin and uh, help out if you can. And uh, Kevin... You want anything you want to – let me ask you, who's your favorite Star Trek um, movie? Of all the movies, all 13, what's your favorite? Oh, it's got to be the Wrath of Khan. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, what's funny about the, that is before every podcast, before we go live, I always – well, actually, you know what? I'm, I'll – here. Before we go live on the show, uh, just to kind of get us in the mood, I always play this this little clip j- just for fun. And – since you mentioned it, I'll play it for you. I shall leave you as you left me, as you left her, marooned for all eternity in the center of a dead planet. Buried alive. Buried alive. Come! There you have it. The Kirk yell. It's classic. Just awesome. Absolutely. In fact, uh, I think it was three, maybe four years back, Khan was the um, theme for Trekfest. So fits right in. So, so Kevin, uh, I want to say thank you so much for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. I hope it was easier than you thought it was going to be. I hope that we made you feel welcome and at ease. Absolutely. I appreciate and, uh, it immensely. Just to have some fun truck talking. It's so easy. It's uh, just like talking to some friends on the phone. Really painless. And uh, you're welcome to hang out. We got some Star Trek news to talk about. We're going to talk about Star Trek Prodigy a little bit later. Uh, you're welcome to hang out and join in the conversation with us. But if you have to go, I understand that too. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. And I hope that we're able to generate some funds for your GoFundMe page. That's what we're trying to do is help you out. So I hope having you on this podcast accomplishes that. So thank you so much for hanging out and Trek talking with us, Kevin. 
Oh, the the ple- it was a pleasure. I I sincerely mean this, and I appreciate all you're doing for us. Um, I'd I'd be glad to hang out for a little bit and uh, see what I can do to. Uh, answer questions, but uh, I am the complete novice here, so. Okay, well, that's fine. And in honor of Kevin, we're going to go to our our next commercial break. And in honor of Kevin, I'm going to pull out a classic ditty by our very own Eric. It's been a long road, <laughs> getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but your time is finally here. You can feel the change in your thoughts right now. Nothing's in your way. And they're not gonna hold you down no more. No, they're not gonna hold you down. Cause we've got faith, that's your call. We wanna hear what you have to say. We've got faith to believe. In just talking today, you've got faith in your fingers. All you gotta do is sound now You can reach us right now We've got faith We've got faith Faith that you call And we're back And uh, we're talking with Kevin Guy um, And he's going to hang out with us for a little while Which is great because now it's time for Star Trek News. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level nine authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Black Alert is right, and we're about to start our Star Trek news section, and our first story goes to Charles. Well, we just talked about that one. Why don't we move on to Eric? Oh, okay. We can do that. (laughs) Eric? Sure. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So this story kind of hit me hard this week. Uh, It was uh, about four days ago. We unfortunately lost uh, one of the members of our overall science fiction community, Dean Stockwell, star of Quantum Leap and Dune, uh, died at age 85 on the 7th. Dean Stockwell, the boy with the green hair who grew up to become one of the most beloved adult character actors of the generation, has unfortunately died. The four-time Quantum Leap Emmy nominee and 1989 Oscar nominee for Married to the Mob was 85 years old. The accomplished actor and visual artist with more than 70 years worth of credits on his resume passed peacefully in his home in Taos, New Mexico of natural causes. His Quantum Leap co-star, Scott Bakula, says Stockwell's decades in the biz resulted in, quote, the greatest work ethic. Bakula, age 67, told LA's ABC7, quote, he was a breath of fresh air and kept me laughing. He was unique in his determination to make each role his own. Aside from a role as Billy the Kid in Dennis Hopper's cult misfire, The Last Movie, in 1971, Stockwell would spend most of that trailblazing decade stuck in lackluster guest roles on McCloud, Heart to Heart, The A-Team, and Simon and Simon. 
But his big break came in Wim Wenders' Haunting Paris, Texas, a 1984 art house classic co-starring Harry Dean Stanton and uh, Nastasia Kinski. Later that year, he starred as Dr. Wellington Yu in David Lynch's now legendary adaptation of Frank Herbert's Dune. The rest of that decade was filled with scene-stealing roles in acclaimed films such as Lynch's Blue Velvet, William Friedkin, uh, <clears throat> Friedkin's To Live and Die in L.A., Eddie Murphy's Beverly Hills Cop, Francis Ford Coppola's Gardens of Stone, and his Oscar-nominated turn as Michelle Pfeiffer's wise guy stalker in Jonathan Demme's Married to the Mob. But his biggest fame came with the household name status via TV. His role as Admiral Al Calavici in the NBC time travel series Quantum Leap, which was awesome, earned him four Emmy nominations from 1989 to 1993. After a recurring role also in Battlestar Galactica as Cavill, who was also awesome, from 2006 to 2009, his last credited role was NCIS New Orleans in 2014 and a low-budget indie titled Entertainment with John C. Riley and Michael Sarah in 2015. He retired from acting at age 78, and he spent the last decade making fine art and exhibiting at galleries around the country under his full name, Robert Dean Sockwell. Those close to the artist describe him as a rebel who loved to act, laugh, smoke cigars, and play golf. Stockwell is survived by his wife, Joy, and their children, Austin and Sophie. Uh, Dean Stockwell is definitely a guy whose face was very present uh, in in my formative years. You know, I was uh, kind of heading into that high school age and the, when Quantum Leap was on and uh, loved that show. And then, you know, Jim doesn't entirely love it, but I was a berserk fan of the new Battlestar Galactica and the fact that he was on that show just completely freaked me out. And I am also with Kevin. I am a big Star Trek Enterprise fan, um, and so I love Scott Bakula as well, just as an adjacent <laughs> comment there. So, unfortunately, we've lost Dean Stockwell, guys. Um, he was quite an actor. Um, but, you know, we've got a lot of stuff to go back and, and watch over and over again to remember him, right? And he was on Star Trek, well, too. Well hmm Yes, absolutely. absolutely. That's right. Tell, tell the people who don't know where he was in Star Trek. That's right. Yep, he was on Star Trek as well. <laughs> yep. Yep, he was. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Somebody help me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, on, help Charles. us. <laughs> help us out, Kevin. What episode of Star Trek was he on? I'll have to get on the Google machine here to look that one up. I can't help you. Sorry. But uh, I think he was yeah, on, he was Enterprise. on as a child, right? Uh, oh, was he on Enterprise too? Was he? I think he was on Enterprise. He ran a oh, a, a, a camp, I think. He was a a commandant in some type of camp, um, Colonel something okay. or other, uh, if I remember. Okay. I remember seeing him on Star Trek. Look, my memory's not what it used to be. I'm old and senile, but he was on Star yeah, Trek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We totally believe I did him. see him on Star Trek. <laughs> I know. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here it is. He played, uh, he portrayed Grat in the Star Trek Enterprise first season episode, Detained. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I knew. Yep. See? Yeah. see I'm not I that had old. completely forgotten about that, about him being on Enterprise as well. That's right. I thought he was just Bacula sort of adjacent there, but no, he was directly on there. That's so cool. 
Yep, and and I think he was after the stalagmites too, if I remember correctly. Oh my gosh! So, you know, Good night. hello, <laughs> hello, hello. So, anyways, Jim, uh, Jim, you better start reading an article before you dig yourself a deeper hole. Yeah, I better I better get into my next article. But we uh, we're joking around about it, but we we are very sad to hear about the yeah. Stockwell's death, and um, he does have a very large, very well-rounded career. And that you can go back and rewatch over and over again. He's brought some great characters to life, a uh, great actor, and he will be sorely missed. So there you have it. Um, my story, Star Trek Discovery Season 4 episode titles revealed. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 With less than two, uh, that's how old this article was. Uh, with less than a week until the fourth season premiere of Star Trek Discovery, We've got titles from the first four episodes, believe it or not. The fourth season of Discovery will be streaming on Paramount Plus on Thursday, November 18th. And pick up where the previous season left off as the crew of the USS Discovery, led by the newly appointed Captain Michael Burnham, let's fly, confronts the challenge of the unknown and works together to help ensure a peaceful future. So the first episode, 401, which will air on November 18th, is called Kobayashi Maru. Interesting title. I wonder if that's yeah. just a title or if it's actually going to be a Kobayashi Maru type story. Well, no I, I do remember. Scenario. I, did not, I did not even remember or know that this was Japanese, but we're reading this book right now. Do you remember the reference to Kobayashi Maru in the book that we're reading at the moment? No? I, I did. Okay. I did. I did see it, yeah. but I, 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 I do remember reading Giorgio, it. I, it's a yeah, great Mir Giorgio, or Mir Giorgio makes a reference to the fact that she speaks Japanese, and Kobayashi Maru means like circle of trees, I think. And uh, talk about Ieponis, her Japanese like emperor name. Anyway, fascinating. So, yeah, circle of trees. It's a great book. Great it's book. Great We're going to talk about it on the next book nook. It's called Die Standing. You guys can check that out as well. Episode 402 which will air on November 25th, is called Anomaly. And episode 403, which will air on December 2nd, is called Choose to Live, which is odd because that's what Elnar says to people on Picard. And episode 404 is All is Possible, which will air on December 9th. So those are the first four episodes. Jonathan Frakes is back. He's not mentioned as directing any of these. So, obviously, he'll be directing later episodes. Star Trek Discovery streams on Paramount Plus in the U.S. and is distributed on Netflix in 190 countries and in Canada on Bell Media, CTTV, Sci-Fi Channel, and streams on Crave. In related news, Star Trek Prodigy was renewed for Season 2, plus two mid-season breaks added to 20 episodes for the season one schedule, 20 episodes. Oh my God. It's about a freaking time Prodigy. a streaming service with 20 episodes. Come on people. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk. I, I want to talk about that. Uh, after I read the story here, Star Trek Prodigy just began its first season. And while we've been expecting it to run concurrently all through the upcoming fourth season of Star Trek discovery, we've learned that Paramount plus is going to give the animated show some more breathing room but they're also extending its life into the future. The first season of Prodigy will go on mid-season break after the season's fifth episode, November 18th, 
which happens to be the premiere of uh, Discovery's Kobayashi Maru episode. So we can watch two new Star Trek episodes on the 18th. And we'll return for five more episodes after the holiday season on January 6, 2022. Following that second five-episode run, the series will return for its next 10 episodes sometimes later in 2022, which Paramount Plus is calling the second half of season one, which means that the full run of Prodigy season one will consist of 20 episodes. And here's how it breaks down. Episode one and two, October 28th, we've already seen. October, uh, episode three, November 4th. Episode four, November 11th. Episode five, November 18th, which is um, Discovery's premiere. Episode six will be on January 6th. Episode seven on January 13th. Episode eight, January 20th. Episode nine, January 27th. Episode 10, February 3rd. And episodes 11 through 20 will be in late 2022. In addition, the streamer also announced today that Prodigy has gotten a formal season two renewal, which will extend the USS Protocol's journey even further past the first 20 episodes. At this time, Paramount Plus has not specified how many episodes will be in season two. Now, I'm kind of, I'm thinking to myself, the reason why we're seeing so many episodes of Prodigy, this is my theory, um, is that Prodigy was originally going to be produced by Nickelodeon to air on Nickelodeon. And at some point in time, I don't know if it was licensing or whatever, um, it got, it got involved in Paramount plus and it airs on Paramount plus before it goes to Nickelodeon. Now, generally speaking, streaming shows generally have a 10 episode run, sometimes 12 or 13, but they average around that. Whereas broadcast episodes usually average around 20, 18, 20, somewhere around there. So I'm thinking the reason why Prodigy has such a long run is because it's going to be aired on Nickelodeon. And it has to be able to slot in a full TV slotted schedule, which would be roughly 20 episodes. So I think that's why we're seeing 20 episodes for season one, because when it goes to Nickelodeon, it's got to fill that entire slot. It's just my theory, but I'm sticking to it. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I was basically thinking the same thing. I think the other thing that I was kind of thinking about as I was watching Prodigy today was that, you know, if it's in syndication, there's a pretty good chance that kids are going to end up maybe eventually watching these things out of order and they need to have enough variety in the episodes to be able to kind of like, you know, put it on TV on a Sunday afternoon like they used to back with the TOS or whatever and uh, and have enough variety in there for the for kids to be able to enjoy. So, yeah, I agree. I think they went to 20 on this one. They first, they tested the waters, right? It's a streaming service. Going to give you 10, see if it works out. And then once they saw that the response was really great, they said, okay, yeah, let's go ahead and give them 20 for season one. That makes a lot of sense. And I would not be surprised uh, to see future seasons do the same thing particularly because of it, the show's connection with Nickelodeon Studios. I do think that makes a difference versus it just being a Paramount Plus show. Right. And, and you know what? I'm going to put Kevin on the spot. Kevin, what do you think about Prodigy so far? You have put me on the spot because I have not seen it. That's okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's totally yeah. cool. I won't but... hold it against you. Get off the show. There's the door. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. okay. But tell me, tell me this, though. And I'm going to take you off track for just a second. Now, uh, if you see, uh, what what band made a song for Star Wars? And I hate to go Star Wars, but it's an, in an alien language. Oh. Wow. All right. All right, Charles, help us out. Uh, don't know. Let's cantina band, uh, band cantina group. I was thinking. Okay, this, I was thinking this, more this, along the lines of. Uh, I was thinking. I would um, like to. I would like to see uh, Star Trek do some some more with their with their language for the the realism. You know, you know they went through all this. Um, in-depth research about planets and the science and Klingon is a language and Vulcan is a language. Um, there is a, I just found this, a Mongolian folk band called the Who, H-U, that created a song for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And uh, if you like uh, heavy metal, good song. It's called Totem. Well, we actually so just, played a song. Well, I, was it last week or was it the week before? By Mary Chifo, yeah. a few weeks ago, and uh, that she sings completely in Klingon. It's a really interesting song. Yeah, oh. it was a great. I, I would play it for you guys right now, but we just don't have the time. I need um, to look this but up. It's a, oh, it's a great song. It really is. Mary Chifo sings it in Klingon, so it's a really cool song. And we have a caller. On the line here, guys. Believe it or not, Ooh. someone that wants to talk to Kevin. I hope if I get this thing to work. Uh, hello, thank you for calling Trek Talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Uh, it's uh, Nate from Vegas. It's Nate from Vegas. Hey. How you doing, Nate? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I was busy playing a video game and lost track of time, and uh, I was like, "Oh crap! What time is it? Oh, okay, I still have time to call in and talk about Prodigy." <laughs> yeah, we definitely do. Right now, we're talking to Kevin, though, from uh, Riverside, Iowa, the future birthplace of Captain James T. Kirk. So that's oh, pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So um, anyways, we were actually just talking about how Prodigy got renewed for 20 episodes for season one, which is interesting. And Eric, speaking of Prodigy... You have a Prodigy story for us. I do. I, we're, we've got more and more Prodigy news every week. Star Trek Prodigy timeline explained. If you were confused uh, about how Janeway is already a hologram, we are here to answer your questions. The creators of Star Trek Prodigy cannot promise tribbles. <laughs> They're not saying messy <laughs> tribbles, but they can't promise them either. <laughs> I just It's a kid's show, man. they got to have tribbles. Come on. The new series, which just debuted on Paramount Plus, is the first Star Trek series explicitly aimed at children. But the creators Kevin and Dan Hageman know that even the big kids in the Trek audience are curious about what to expect for this new series. Quote, though you don't see it yet in the pilot, our show is trying to hit some of the greatest hits right now, Kevin Hageman says. What makes Star Trek? Tribbles are high up there. But his brother and collaborator, collaborator Dan Hageman adds, there could be anything in this galaxy. There could be tribbles. We could neither confirm nor deny. 
One thing the creators of Prodigy can confirm is that this animated trek doesn't take place in a canon vacuum. Here's when Prodigy happens relative to the other shows. Prodigy does introduce to all viewers uh, a training hologram version of Captain Catherine Janeway voiced by Kate Mulgrew, reprising her role for the first time since Voyager ended in 2001. And since a brief cameo as Admiral Janeway in Star Trek Nemesis in 2002. But if Janeway has been turned into a training hologram, when does this zany new trek even take place? Physically, the show is set in the Delta Quadrant, but what year is it? The answer is Prodigy happens in the year 2383, five years after the end of Voyager, roughly a year after the most recent season of Lower Decks, and very close to the earliest flashback in Picard in 2385, meaning Prodigy is wedged into a very specific part of the canon, and apparently five years after bringing Voyager home and accepting the promotion to Admiral in Nemesis, it seems Janeway agrees to have her personality and likeness be turned into a training hologram. And uh, I would love to dig into this now, but I think we will dig into this when we do our Prodigy review here in a little bit, because I think we have some big questions about the Protostar and where it comes from, where it's going, why it's here, et cetera, et cetera. So fascinating, fascinating. I love that they kind of wedged this right into a little tiny uh, spot between Voyager and Picard. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it is actually. I think, and and she does. She does drink holographic coffee, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she pulled out the cup. That was great. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was really cool. Um, yeah. So I've got the next story here for you guys, and and uh, being a dog person, this one just hit me. So I wanted to uh, share it with you guys. Patrick Stewart honored by the ASPCA Pitbull Advocate and Protector Award. Pitbulls face unique perils due to their exploration in dogfights, breed specific legislation, and life-threatening stereotypes. So when a strong voice speaks up for them, it makes a difference. When that voice belongs to one of the most admired actors in the world, Sir Patrick Stewart, the difference can be transformational. For his deep commitment to improving the public's perception of Pitbulls, and protecting them from cruelty, the ASPCA honors Sir Patrick Stewart with the 2021 Pitbull Advocate and Protector Award. Patrick has the face of the ASPCA's National Dog Fighting Awareness Campaign in 2017 and 2018. In that role, he enthusiastically participated in moving anti-dog fighting videos toward ASPCA animal care facilities and advocated for pit bull awareness on his social media channels and in television appearances, including Conan and the Late Show with Stephen Colbert in 2017. Patrick and his wife, Sonny, fostered a pit bull named Ginger, an act documented in a popular video that helped people understand the valuable love and companionship pit bulls can offer families. Since then, Patrick and Sonny have fostered several more pit bulls in their home. And Patrick insisted on featuring a pit bull on his hit show, Star Trek Picard, a pit bull named number one, by the way. Thank you, Sir Patrick Stewart, for teaching the world the truth about pit bulls and helping them survive and thrive. Borrowing a line from Jean-Luc Picard, you make it so. And that is such an awesome, awesome story, I think. Um, Who better than Patrick Stewart? To, to speak out against animal cruelty. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I think it's a great story. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. So, and uh, Charles, we're we're back on Prodigy again. You see a you see a, a thread going on here? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Star Trek Prodigy introduces kids to a new frontier of inclusion with the non-binary led characters. The Star Trek Kids series premiere in Paramount Plus with a star-studded voice cast. The show was already winning praise for its of acceptance, individuality, and looking beyond appearance. This care for inclusivity is established from the first episode when a simple pronoun correct, correction is defi- uh, defy handling by Gwen, voiced by e, uh, Ella Perlin. Fugitive Zero isn't a him or a her, she says, after one of the characters refers to as a he. Zero is a Medusian, an energy-based species that has no gender or corporeal form. That's hardly new to Star Trek Medusas, have been around since the original dealt with with non-binary and shifting genders many times since. <clears throat> Director Ben says, continuing the show's yeah. egalitarian <laughs> egalitarian legacy with a big focus on the creative team. I feel like Trek has always been the story of many rather than the story of one. <clears throat> By taking that approach, it is such a wide, wild, wider appeal and a way to connect with audiences. He said, it never isolates, it never judges, and it's always tried to include in my in my opinion, that is one of its strengths. There are many, but that is just one of them. This message is affirmed in another gender non-conforming moment when the ship's translator kicks in and Rakta's deep growls are transformed in a little girl's voice. The other character moment momentarily expresses surprise and then moves on. A normal reaction from people in a world inhabited by aliens without a binary sense of gender. <clears throat> Which is true. When we hear rock talk for the first time, it's like you get this big, rough tough, and then you get this little voice. Yeah, I thought oh, that was yeah. really cool that the that you're not like the translator doesn't just translate um, words; it translates tone and like the whole way a person sounds as well. And I just I love Rock Talk. She's actually one of my favorite characters so far on the show because she's the one that is such a a, a little child asking lots of questions along the way. You know, she looks at things with like a, a child's eye, and she's also the muscle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, guys, we have a caller on the line. Let's see who we have. Yes, this is awesome. Hello, thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? This is Shannon. I'm calling from Kentucky. Hey, Shannon. <laughs> we have the whole gang with us tonight. That's awesome. Yay. <laughs> See that, Kevin? You're a big draw. Isn't that isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, I think that um, 
that simple. I think kids catch on to a lot more than we give them credit for. Well, and, I and, think here's, that, and here's what I'll say. I will say that as the father of a kid who's like in just living a totally different generation for me, obviously, she it's like no big deal. Like we are still in transition, right? And kids are not in transition anymore. They're they they got it figured out. They know what's up. So I think what we're seeing on Prodigy and kind of like it's kind of funny that we're writing these great articles about it and we're reading these great articles and and we're kind of recognizing the way in in which it's different. Kids, it's just part of the texture. It's already there, yeah. which I think is mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, I I think that you know simple things like that are all that it takes, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I, think I mean, what it does, what it does is it helps teach empathy, right? Uh, which I think is one of the things, like, not to get like too much on my soapbox, but like, empathy <laughs> is really important to being a human being. If you don't have empathy for your other human beings, then, then you know, then why do you even live in society? So it's, it's, it's when I see things like little corrections like that being made in Prodigy, and mm-hmm. you know, some people could look at it and go, oh, they're teaching them, you know this to that, and maybe they're displeased with it, but really all they're teaching them is empathy. Well, don't forget yeah. that we're part of this, this, this liberal attack on, I, I forgot well, I what that crazy guy said. I didn't want to mention but, that, Jim, but, but, but we are, you know, we are part of the conspiracy yeah. slide. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it was a couple yeah. of years ago, Shannon. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you missed it. We, we, we were called out on other podcasts of being part of this global oh. conspiracy type of thing. I, oh. I thought it was so funny. I, I, just, I had to... Oh. Yeah. It's too bad you weren't here for yeah. that. You would have been. Okay. You would have been. I'll go back and listen. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been called that too. Like people have said that for decades for me. It's like okay, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're we're part of this big global conspiracy. Blah blah. blah. Yeah. That's us. Okay. Anyway, it, yeah, it. it makes me laugh. <laughs> it, it, the, the fact that people think we're that important and that we're, our opinions oh. are that monumental in the world is just great. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, oh, speaking of, I have a new website, which is still being tweaked, but only Trekkies will get it. One of the pictures on my website is from a Trek convention, and I'm waiting to see how many people catch that picture. Uh, and and what's, that, what, what's the website where they can find that, Shannon? Can I say that? Because it's for my judicial race. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't well I mean we're part of this global conspiracy so why okay, not we've already made it com but only I figured everybody who's a Trekkie would find that very funny because it's just me and the you know Captain's chair at the convention so. nice. we'll have to go and check you know what we'll have to, we'll have to check that out and put a, uh, uh, put it up on our Facebook page so that all of our fans can see it as well. So I have our last story of the night, guys, and this is a fun one. I just, every once in a while, I like to do something fun, and this one, I'm personally connected to this one. Uh, did you know Lurch of the Adams Family was a Loxana Troy's valet in Star Trek? Everybody knows that, right? Major Barrett played... How can you miss him? Yeah. Yeah, how could you miss him? Major Barrett played many famous roles for Star Trek across its long and storied existence. Her more notable and controversial role was as Laloxana Troy, the opinionated mother of Deanna Troy. When Laloxana debuted, she debuted alongside Dutch actor Carl Strachan, most known for his role as Lurch in the Addams Family films of the early 90s. He appeared as Mr. Hom, 
and did so across five episodes of The Next Generation. He would also appear in the Voyager episode, The Thaw, as the Spectre, a large, smiling monstrosity. For those eagle-eyed fans, this isn't the first time Star Trek and the Adams Family borrowed actors from one another. The original man to portray Lurch, Ted Cassidy, also appeared in Star Trek. He appeared in the original series episode, What Are Little Girls Made Of as Rook? The large, lumbering android. Lower Decks paid an homage to Cassidy by putting in an image of Rook in a hallway of photos in the season two episode, An Embarrassment of the Duplers. Both Rook and Cassidy's Lurch was far from intimidating, and it showed in their characters. While Strike's Lurch and Mr. Holm was far more of a gentle giant type, it's rather interesting that the time on Star Trek influenced their time on the Adams Family and vice versa. And why do I mention that? Why is that story so interesting to me? Because Lurch, a.k.a. Carl Strike, was at my wedding. And um, wow. on, my, on my anniversary, I always post the picture of Mr. Holm standing with me and my wife, Karen, at our wedding. In fact, maybe I'll put it up there tonight for you guys, even though my anniversary is in September. I'll put it up there again for you guys. And he is really big. I mean, you see how tall he is? He's huge. I mean, I'm my my wife is barely is barely like like above his stomach, and I'm like barely to his armpit, and he's still big. <laughs> so I will post that on the Facebook page so you guys can check it out. And when I saw that, I said, oh, I got to read that article. So, anyways, guys, guess what time it is? It's time for our final commercial break of the evening. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Star Trek Prodigy, Star Trek. So don't touch that dial. Run to the microwave. Grab your chicken wings, grab your pizza bites, grab your egg rolls, go to the bathroom, and come right back, and don't touch that dial. We'll be back after this message. Trek Talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And we're back. We're about to talk about Star Trek Prodigy, Starstruck. So if you're interested in joining this conversation, give us a call at 646 668 2433 and we'll get you on the air we'd love to hear your opinion but before we do that we have to do this black alert y'all we are about to make the jump to some serious spoiler territory that's right i don't want any hate mail that i ruined prodigy for you guys (laughs) now of course we are a week behind so we're talking about last week's episode not the episode that aired today all right so I don't really think that we're spoiling too much because I think most people, except for Kevin, um, <laughs> I got to put yeah. you on the spot, Kevin. Don't listen, Kevin. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But we're glad that you're here, Kevin. So don't, don't, don't feel bad. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Oh, I, I am. I am enjoying the show. <laughs> this is a new experience for me, and uh, I'm going to have to do this more often. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm going to be listening in more often. Well, you're welcome to call anytime as well. We are live every Thursday, um, except for Thanksgiving. We will not have a Thanksgiving show 
we'll get to that next week. So because it's Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but we are live every yeah. Thursday, Kevin, and you're welcome to call six four six 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 eight two four three three any Thursday, just to say hello or join our conversation. We'd love to hear from you. You're always oh, welcome. So um, we're going to talk about uh, Prodigy, and I made a mistake. I played the wrong clip last week, so I'm going to play it again. (laughs) So (laughs) this is the clip that I should have played for tonight, but I played it last week. Um, This is the clip where we meet Hologram Janeway for the first time. I'm Catherine Janeway, your training advisor. I'm a hologram based on one of the most decorated captains in Starfleet history. Programmed to assist the Protostar's crew on their journey back to Federation space. Ugh, she's hideous. Why is her forehead so smooth? <laughs> You're no summer peach either, Colorite. <laughs> Jacob Pog likes her. What's the Fredder? Federation? What Starfleet crew doesn't know the Federation? Where's your captain? Right here. I am the captain. And I order you to return us to Parthenora. No, forgive her. She's delirious. Her brain's sick with space flu. I'm in command of this ship. Uh-huh. Quite a vote of confidence. I'm only here to offer advice and maintain the Protostar's lower level functions. Everything else is up to your crew. But I believe there is something you aren't being truthful about. Uh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So, <laughs> um, I... <laughs> I always post on our Facebook page because what is Star Trek without fans? So I always post mm-hmm. on our Facebook page, ask you guys what you thought about the episode so that it's not just talking heads telling you what we thought. You get a full rounded opinion of, of everybody. So I asked our fans on our Facebook page to score this episode on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being the best. What would you score the third episode of Star Trek prodigy? Starstruck. And Eric, what did our fans on our Facebook page have to say? Well, celebrating infinite Can diversity. Can I in for a second the, here, Eric? Sure. Um, I'm noticing I'm on the page right now. I, I don't know why there's a post for this under uh, that was posted on November 5th and a separate one on November 9th. I don't know what happened there. So when you do the totals, Make sure you cover both the ones that are uh, for the November 5th post and the November 9th post of the same episode. Okay. All right. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I, I'm just saying. Well, thank I, you I see for it keeping on track twice. of the details. <laughs> yeah. For, for some reason, I scheduled the post. I don't know why it, it just posted twice. I, I don't know. Facebook does some crazy stuff. But Yep. So, Eric, I just wanted to make got? sure you were including the numbers from both. Oh, well, they're, they're uh, here. Yeah, yep, we've got the whole number set here. So, uh, as I was saying, celebrating infinite diversity and infinite combinations here, our numbers are kind of all over the place for this one this week. Uh, so, uh, Amar Paul Beering gave it a one. Top fan Carlos A. Smith said, edge to a six, barely. Uh, but top fan Daniel Davis gave it a 10 with a live long and prosper. Top fan Jason D. Lewis said eight. It was great. I really enjoying the way they're introducing Trek to a younger generation. Uh, Nathan Kornoff, I don't know who that is. Um, this episode, never I never heard of the guy. <laughs> never heard of him. Don't know who I he is. 
I give it a one. I just couldn't get past how Dal was acting in this one, and it soured me for the whole episode. It's too bad, as I thought last week's was a solid eight. Uh, top fan Zesty Zoe said, Mmm, I love seeing more Janeway, and the scenes with Rock Talk are very touching, but I give it a seven. Dal was really annoying in this episode, exclamation point. But I guess that was the point, LOL. Uh, Ifa Loju gave it a nine. Nick Christensen gave it a six, and Race Fang de Santos gave it a four. And so uh, we averaged out our numbers from our two posts, and uh, our fans gave this one a 5.3. Woo! Wow. Wow. Brutal. From last week's episode, that's a wicked drop from from the pilot. Yeah. So let's start off with this Nate guy. (laughs) (laughs) Gave it a one. (laughs) Let's start out with this Nate with this this Nate dude. <laughs> All right. So as I posted on there, I cannot stand Dow. Uh the way he uh and now I understand I don't I don't know what age these characters are supposed to be. I understand it's supposed to be for kids and all that, but just his general attitude, I really wanted to uh to reach out through my computer monitor and uh, smack him around and then put him on the uh, on his knees in the corner until he straightened his act up. Um, so, <laughs> Nate, don't hold anything back. What do you really I, think, I, really, Nate? <laughs> I told you what I really thought. I sat through the whole episode with my arms folded, just I just couldn't I just couldn't get through it. I, I I mean I didn't stop the episode. I watched the whole thing through, but he I just oh my goodness. So wow, that, yeah. that, there was some great there was some great stuff in that episode too. I I couldn't get past the great uh, the the bad stuff with him. I enjoyed the good Aww. stuff. So wow, that's what I rated it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there you have it. Nate gave it a one. All right. Wow. So uh, Shannon, I guess we'll jump yeah. on to you next. So <laughs> okay. can you follow that I'll... one up with a better score? <laughs> yeah, I was going to give it an eight, but okay. <laughs> so Because I thought it was enjoyable on both, on all levels, kind of like the Bugs Bunny stuff, which was entertaining for adults and kids for different reasons. You know, like we like the fact that she's drinking coffee. It's also the whole mm-hmm. that whole thing, but I thought it was it was very educational for kids. But you know, that obviously I have a different opinion on that one. So. <laughs> and that's my cool. kids are also past that age; they're high schoolers, so you know they would enjoy it a different reason than like little kids. But yes, I think it's educational and it'll help kids. The explanation of the Federation was my favorite part, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so yeah. you know what? We're gonna jump in next, and we're gonna talk to Charles. Charles, what, what do you? Okay. So we got a one, and we got an eight, and our fans gave it a five. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> what, what do you think? Uh, I'll go sort of in the middle with about a seven. It was a good <laughs> episode, but I will agree. I think Dow. Yeah. He's very, very overconfident. Now, I think that does fit with some, some uh, uh, would fit very well with some kids. They like to see somebody who's over. And well, we're so used to a crew kind of working together. This crew doesn't work well together. And 
I'm still still want to see what's happening with his daughter character because I'm not sure how much we how much I trust her. As we go into future episodes, I worry how much we can trust that she hasn't tried giving the, giving the ship back over to her father. So this is a different right. type of crew than we're used to. Yeah, very different. Very different. And Eric, what about you? What did your daughter think about it, first of all? Uh, well, I think I mentioned last week that my daughter is almost at that point where she's a little too old for Prodigy. She's about 12, and so I, I asked her if she wanted to watch it, and she watched just a little bit of it, and she's like, no, I, I prefer Lower Decks. So <laughs> she's a little too young <laughs> for Prodigy. <laughs> but, uh, but I will say that, um, you know, I enjoyed this episode for a few different reasons. I do completely 100% agree with Nathan that Tal is super annoying in this episode, um, and I think he's kind of supposed to be, uh, so I, I wasn't necessarily as bothered by it. Um, you know, he's he's like the uh, he would have been the leader in the prison camp of the of the kids, right? He would have been the one who was like advocating for uh, revolution or whatever, but then like taking things on a, uh, uh, of his own, like on the side. I get the idea that he's kind of like um, he's super street smart, and so he. Mm-hmm the decisions that he makes always benefit him. Um, and one of the things that I really liked about this episode was how hologram Janeway allows him to basically make mistakes the entire episode. Like <laughs> she's like, um, I think you should. And he's like, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just going to do it. And then he does it. And she's like, no, really? I think you should. And he's like, no, 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 no. I don't think you do that. And then eventually <laughs> I wrote it down. 24 minutes into the episode, he's finally like, okay, I need a little bit of help. And so to (laughs) me, it was great because the whole episode was like an adult allowing a group of kids to explore and adventure and kind of get out there and try things. Um, But, you know, helping them kind of realize through their own mistakes what, where their shortcomings are, you know, you divert all power to one thing, all of a sudden you're not going to have shields anymore. Um, so it's, you know, there's some, there's some finer points here that I think are, are going to be awesome as they explore them, especially in the context of these, these kids now almost by default becoming Star Trek, uh, Starfleet cadets, right? They've, <laughs> they've told Hologram Janeway that they're, that they're cadets. Um, but I, so that was my favorite part of this particular episode. I am also enamored with the protostar. I love the design of the ship. I love the way it looks on the outside. I love the all glass bridge with some kind of built-in holographic stellar cartography or something. That was freaking awesome. Um, I love that in the opening credits, we see a third nacelle that we haven't seen in the show yet. So I think this puppy is probably built for speed. Um, Probably, probably sent back by Janeway maybe to pick up some other folks or something. I mean, Somehow within five years of her returning, there's a Federation ship back in the Delta Quadrant that's got an extra engine. So, you know, you tell me why it's there, but it sounds like a fascinating mystery that they're going to keep unraveling here. So, yeah, overall, I, I dug this episode. Um, I'll give it a seven and a half. I thought the, the season two-part opener was a lot better. 
But this one had some really good stuff in it, and I liked the arc, and I loved all the ship tech. Two warp cores and something that they can't even identify. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kevin, what did you think of? What would you give it on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Oh. Knowing that I haven't seen any of the shows. But, okay. but I'm, I'm old back and here really you can seriously <laughs> up on the show while I'm listening to you. And uh, I find it kind of interesting that, all right, correct me if I'm wrong, it says here that uh, they're supposed to be in the Delta Quadrant, are they not? Mm-hmm. They are. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I seem to recall the Borg are from that area. Isn't this a little dangerous? <laughs> yes, they are. Definitely could so, be. So, uh, having not not having seen the show, I don't know if they've shown up yet. But uh, um, I do remember uh, from the episode Shattered, uh, Janeway's talking about Delta Quadrant being a complete death trap. So. It must be a very uh, uh, action-packed show. Yeah, and the premise of the show is that it basically is a group of kids who are from a planet where they were imprisoned having to mine this stuff for the the main bad guy. And so it definitely starts out in kind of a rough place, and these kids discover a Federation ship, the Protostar, um, and they kind of go start adventuring on it. So we've got a Federation ship and a Tellarite, I might add, in the Delta Quadrant, uh-huh. um, you know, within five years of Voyager returning home. So there's a couple of mysteries to unravel there. Yeah, and uh, I'll bring up the caboose on this one. Uh, I, I love Zero. I, I love the Medusa. Oh, they are uh, so he's my favorite character. Zero. We just yeah. we just know <laughs> nothing about oh, Medusans. That's so, right, Jim. Get it straight. I just, I just love the Medusans. Is zero right. a he? No, zero's a no, they. No, zero a they. Yep. Okay, that's why I thought you said he. I thought you said he. I'm like, wait a minute. Well, Jen, okay, Jen, sorry. we're, we're trying I, to steer I, him back in the right direction here. Look, I'm, I'm an old dog. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> teaching an old dog new tricks. I'm very long on the tooth, so. Uh, but I love zero. I really do. Yeah, uh, zero's cool. Yeah. Uh. Learn about Medusans is something that I... And, and we do know that the, the Diviner used Zero to do some nasty things, as we saw in the first episode. Mm. Uh, and yeah. uh, Zero keeps reading Doll's mind and not telling us what's in there, but telling us that what's <laughs> in there isn't necessarily what he's telling us. So there's some interesting stuff going on with Doll. Um, I, I do agree with Nate. I think that Doll was a total dick in this in this episode. Um <laughs> Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, Janeway should have just slapped him. But, but <laughs> I think that uh, Dahl's being a dink was extremely important to yes. the character arc and where he's going and learning from those mistakes um, to to help him become uh, the leader that hopefully he does become. And we and need I to will see point, him. Yes, yeah. we do. And I, and I will just point. Uh, this is not without precedent. Hello, Michael Burnham, right? Battle right, of Binary right. Stars. This is a theme that we have seen in Star Trek um, recently where it's no longer Jean-Luc Picard who's perfect with every decision he makes. It's, no, our captains make mistakes too, but then they learn from them, and they do it with mm-hmm. empathy, and they do it thinking about their friends and stuff. So 
So I think we're yeah. going to see a character arc for Dal that moves away from this self-centeredness and moves into more of a team mentality. I, and that's why I think they made him that way. Uh, yeah. I they had to kind of go far might... the other way just to make it like a good character arc. <laughs> but I think, I think that's why they intentionally made him that way. Because he was a dink. I, I mean, Nate's absolutely right. He was totally, uh, yeah. Uh, but um, I think he, we're going to see him grow, mature. And we did see him trust Janeway near the end. So hopefully that trend will continue. Uh, I do love the Diviner's uh, prodigy. I think her, her magic sword thing that wraps around her arm is so cool. Yeah. Gwen, yeah, she's and, cool. And, and, she's, when, and you can tell she's going to have an interesting arc, too, because she's going to be conflicted, right? She's already said, my dad's coming for me. You guys are all screwed. But she doesn't really think that way, I don't think. I don't know. We'll see. Well, there is the line where she says to Dahl, she says, uh, what happened to in another, in another time we could be friends? Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, so, so uh, hopefully they're going to resolve that, that relationship within the next 20 episodes because – if she's going to spend every episode in the brig, breaking out, and then going back in the brig, it's going to be, be pretty monotonous. It's going to be like The Walking Dead where they just keep walking. It's like, you know, something's got to happen there, you know. Um, That's why I didn't like that show, okay? Nothing yeah, you know. You know no. So I, I think they got to do something with her character, and, they got, and, I, and I, I, I hope that the character, hmm. I think, she's starting to see that what her father was doing wasn't right. We saw that a little bit with the, with the little Cajun kitten that they brought, where she told the Cajun, yeah. if you ever bring me children again like this, you'll be working here. So I think she's starting to see the air of her father's ways. But again, same thing with Dahl. I think she's got a ways to go yet before mm-hmm. they will trust her and before she isn't in the brig. So that's an arc that I'm looking forward to seeing as well. The Protostar is a really cool ship, like Eric said. I noticed that when they went into warp, the, the secondary hull splits open, and a third warp engine comes out, which, well, wow. Yeah, we don't, well, it's that, it's, they haven't shown it on the show. They only show it during the credits. And In the we don't credits, know that it, yeah. And we don't know that yeah. it's a warp engine, but we know that it is a thing that looks like, a nacelle of some kind, and then they, and it shows the protostar just, you know, looking like it's going incredibly fast. So I'm guessing it's like a slipstream or some some type of, uh, you know, faster than warp travel. How they get back to the Federation, maybe? <laughs> well, they well she says Janeway says in this episode, right in that even in the the um, uh, the soundbite there that Jim played, she says the protostar was designed to carry the Federation the crew back to Federation space. So this this ship is designed to go from the Delta Quadrant to the Alpha Quadrant. Now one of the cool. one of the mysteries, one of the things that we we're going to find out in the next twenty episodes is first of all, how did it get there? How did the Diviner know about it? Because he was looking for the ship and specifically sent his daughter to to procure the ship. So the Diviner wants it for some reason. He knows about it somehow. And he trains his daughter to fly it. So, so there's a connection there. What happened to the crew of the Protostar? You know, where are they? I mean, there had to be a crew when it got there. So hopefully we'll find that out as well, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. 
Yeah. So there's a lot going on there. But overall, I really like the, the, the title song. I really like the main theme. It's, it's sweeping. It's, 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 it reminds me of the Star Trek, uh, the J.J. Kelvin movies type of theme. I really like it. It's, 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 it's very trekky. It sounds very, it sounds very adventurous, which I really, really like, because um, there's a lot of horns and that kind of stuff. And then, Jim, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but one thing that we were sort of musing about last week with the introduction of this show, too, was we didn't know what its three-letter abbreviation was going to be. Uh, so for what it's worth, on Memory Alpha, they're now abbreviating this show as P-R-O. So there you P- go. P-R-O. Okay. PRO's, uh, at least the Memory, Al- Memory Alpha's, quote, official abbreviation of the series. Okay. I, I think they're – yeah, okay, that's cool. That's cool. We, I, I, we had that discussion um, – yeah. We had that yeah, discussion Yeah, I think it was last earlier. week, and I, I predicted it was going to be PRD, but I think it's PRO. <laughs> yeah, I thought they would have would have – would have been like PGY or PR. I Throwing thought they the would have gotten. That's a, yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah. okay. I just I think POC is off of, is or I think PRO is close to PIC, but whatever, it doesn't matter. As long as we know what it's called. But overall, I enjoyed the episode. Um, Dahl was a dick, absolutely, but um, <laughs> I enjoyed it, and I think I'm going to be right. I'm going to be right around there. I, I want to go with like a, a seven point three, maybe. I think overall, um, yeah. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I like the animation style. That's for sure. I really like the animation style. It's really um, something. Like the the graphics are really something. I just I love the look of the interior of the ship. It's so, it's so like, just beyond. I mean, it's not thirty second century beyond, but it definitely looks beyond, you know, Voyager and that kind of thing in terms of its ship design. So Starfleet now has three D printers that make shuttles. That was interesting. That was so cool. That was cool. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe since the so, step before pro- programmable matter would be the next thing after that. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was so cool mm-hmm. that that. They don't have to carry a shuttle. They just make one, and it just <laughs> there, you there you have it. Food, shuttle, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, was, that was pretty cool. I thought. So yeah. yeah, I I you know I enjoyed it. I really did. So I like the I like the characters. I like where they're going with them. I like the diversity of the crew. The only human that we have on the crew really is Janeway, and she's a hologram. So. I'm liking it. I'm digging it. Mm-hmm. So, It'd guys, be nice if they had a Tellarite on the crew, but since they don't actually have a Tellarite, uh, <laughs> it's not full. Jacob Pogba's Tellarite impersonator. <laughs> well, there you go. We, if, we do know that um, Captain Chakotay is going to show up. Um, he's in nine episodes. So whether it's going to be Hologram, Captain Chakotay, or the Captain Chakotay. We we don't know. And there's a couple of other characters, if you go to their to the IMBD page, that are listed as being crew of the Protostar. Oh. Whether or not they're holographic crew or they're going to pick them up along the way or well, we, we just don't know, <laughs> but there are going to be more crew members added to the crew as the show goes on. So that's something to keep in mind on. Well, guys, believe it or not, we are out of time. So, um, 
Next week, is uh, I was mentioning, is going to be an interesting show. Next week, we're going to be talking about tonight's episode of Prodigy and next week's episode of Prodigy. We're going we're gonna to be talking about two on one show. And no, no, I'm sorry. I'm, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, see, me and my senility. Okay. We're going to be talking. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about... <laughs> We're going to be talking about tonight's episode of Prodigy, which would be our normal show. But mm-hmm. we're also going to be talking about Kobayashi Maru, which is going to be the season four premiere of Discovery. So we're going to talk about yay, Discovery yay. and Prodigy next mm-hmm. week. There will be no show on Thanksgiving Day, which is why we're going to talk about Discovery next week. So that when we come back after Thanksgiving, We'll be back on our normal schedule where we'll, we'll talk about last week's episode of Discovery. So we'll be a week behind on Discovery uh, like we always are, except for next week. We're going to talk about the, the new episode on next week's show and this week's episode of Prodigy. And then when we come back from Thanksgiving, we'll talk about Thanksgiving's episode of Discovery and two episodes of Prodigy. So we'll be right back on schedule for you guys. Just so that you're aware. Yeah. All right. Did I get that right? I think so. I think you're right. I think I'm right. Yeah. So that's that's our schedule. There will be no show on Thanksgiving Day. We tried to work it out for you guys, but I'm going to be traveling. It's just we couldn't come up. We couldn't get a day where the three of us could make it work. And the easiest way to do that was to do a double um, episode. And so that's what we're going to do. And then they when we come back from our Thanksgiving vacation. We'll be right back on our normal schedule. Easiest thing we could come up with. All right. So anyways, guys, we are out of time. So I got to say thank you so, so, so much to Kevin from calling in and hanging out and Trek talking with us and telling us about the wonderful projects that are going (coughs) on. Oh, excuse me. That are going on in Riverside, Iowa, the future birthplace of Captain James T. Kirk. Thank you so much for hanging out and Trek talking with us, Kevin. Thank you very much. I appreciate you letting me listen in and uh, putting out a, a pitch for our GoFundMe page, Keep the Trek Alive. And you're welcome to come back and join us anytime you want, Kevin. The, the door is always open. There's always a seat at our table for you. So thank you awesome. so much. Thank you. And we also want to say thank you so much to Shannon for uh, hanging out with us and sharing her opinions on Prodigy with us. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. And I'm also getting ready to be speaking at Starbase Indy, which is right after the next speech we have, next episode we have. Sweet. Oh, that, sound, that sounds yeah. awesome. What are you that talking sounds about? like a lot of fun. I'm going to talk Whoa. about when beings have, uh, have rights. Nice. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what are you? Who is talking? No, who are you? Be quiet. We're <laughs> animals here, out. Jim. Nobody else can hear who's, him. Who's talking? <laughs> <laughs> who Jim's having a senile oh, no. moment, everybody. It's okay. Oh, oh my God. Somebody just jumped on the show and stuff. Did you guys hear that person? Not at all. Nope. No. Nope. Wow. Okay. I'm just, yeah. I'm having a we just, senior We just heard you here. having a senior moment there, so. Oh, oh I thought my God. I had a parrot all of a sudden. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, anyways, my Hold mind up, is going. Jim. Yeah, it's, it's, it will okay. survive. Um, we also want to say thank you for Nate for hanging out and <laughs> talking with us. Nate, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. 
Anytime I can give a, a, a one review, I'll, I'll be here next week. <laughs> Just remember, one is as low as you can go. We can't, we can't go any Thank lower you. than one. I was going to ask that. No, we, we, we did have people – yeah, we did have people give it a zero, and all those scores are thrown out wow. because one is as low as you can go. So if you gave it a there zero, you, you, it, you didn't vote at all. One, one is the lowest you can give it. <laughs> wow. And anyone that, wow. anyone that gave it 100 didn't count either because 10 was the limit there. So you've got to read the direction. It says 1 to 10. <laughs> so <laughs> I, don't know. I didn't think that was that complicated. But apparently it is. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much, Nate, for hanging out and truck talking with us. We really appreciate it. And you're welcome anytime, even if you only give it a one. You're still welcome. For sure. Sounds good. <laughs> and, of course, thank you so much to Eric for hanging out and truck talking with us. We really appreciate it, Eric. Thank you so much. You better believe it. Thanks a lot, all. And last but not least, our very own Charles. Thanks for hanging out and Trek talking with us, Charles. We really appreciate you hanging out with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Always fun. And I just want to say one last thing. I want to say uh, that I want to wish all the best to all of our veterans out there because it is Veterans Day, and uh, the United States of America would not be where it is today without the sacrifices that you guys made. So. Um, thank you to all the veterans out there listening, no matter where you are. We appreciate everything you've done for this country. Thank you so much. And I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, coming to you live from Rutland, Vermont, saying please be good to each other and stay safe. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Bye, all Night. Good night. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and... Let's see what's out there. Engage. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.